0: hello everybody and welcome to the here we are podcast have a fantastic episode for you today i I shared with you guys late in last year early this year I've been saying I've been trying to maybe mix things up a little bit more on the podcast even introduce some uh, some guest co-host maybe trying to do rather than just one-on-ones getting a couple more. Uh, heads in the room, and and it's been a lot of fun so far. And continuing in that experiment, I have one of my very best friends in the whole wide Aww. world. He's, he's touring around with me for a week, doing a couple stand-up science shows. We actually lived we were roommates yeah, we um, were. for a, a little over a year or so, in the dumpiest house in all of L.A., hilarious <laughs> comedian, Steve Gillespie, everybody. Hey, guys. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, they are fantastic. I know it because they're listening to this podcast and they just love this podcast. Can't get enough of it. Today, I am in Tampa talking with Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Tampa. Scott Husband is joining me.
2: Yay. Hey, it's Scott. Me.
0: How are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for coming in.
0: So, this is exciting for me today. We're going to be talking a little bit about some visual system Mm -hmm. stuff, probably some, some dopamine. I get down bird brains. We're going to do it all. (laughs) What do you do? What do you, uh, to give people a little bit of, uh, an overview Mm -hmm. of some of your background.
2: Well, Also, uh, like around here, I'm known as, you know, the bird brain guy. So uh, I don't take that personally, though, because birds are pretty smart. So I kind of like my big overarching thing is uh, brain evolution. And so I like to look at other animals' brains and see how they compare to ours and how is ours different, how is it similar. And birds, as far as an organism goes, we've had like 300 million years of separate evolution. And so I'm curious as to how their brains like do what they do because they can do some pretty interesting stuff. They can do tool use and they they can do some pretty interesting cognitive stuff and they can navigate and they do all of that with like a pretty small brain. So, so I'm interested you- in like the architecture of their brain and stuff.
0: When you hear someone say "bird brain," you right. get you. Do you stop them? And I'm like, "It's a compliment, like, man. man. You got to know what you're talking about." Yeah, I mean,
2: the, the things they can do with a brain that's it's organized pretty differently than like a mammal brain, or uh, you know, obviously a human brain. Yeah. But uh, they can do it all in a pretty small package, and uh-huh. you know, they do it really well. So yeah, bird brain's are like a, a compliment for sure. What,
0: what are they working with? They got they got some smooth brains, or they got it all clumped together. They got so the-
2: yeah. So the the outer part of their brain is not wrinkly like a mammal brain. Okay, right. It's pretty smooth. Um, um, but what we, what some of my work and my colleagues' work has shown that even though it's not organized into like you know a cortex, which is that layered mm-hmm. kind of wrinkly stuff on a human brain or any you know most mammal brains, um, they still have the same kind of groups of neurons. Like they're they're similar, but they're just organized differently because they've got again you know a whole hundred couple hundred years of separate evolution. So it is kind of
0: amazing because you look at primates that have much larger brains, right. and we're like. Whoa! They can use a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can stick a, uh, they can put a stick in and and get ants right. and lick the incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a bird brain is like what one hundredth the size of right? Of yeah.
2: And it depends on the bird, you know. I mean, because sometimes when you say you know, are birds smart? And like, well, which bird? It, they're yeah. not like all one thing. Like, there's like thousands of species. You yeah. Know? So usually it's like the crows. And the Ravens and the Jays—they get like the most props for being a smart, like a smart bird. And they've been shown to use tool use. They can do it in the lab. They can do it not having been trained to do it. And they also have been shown to do it in the wild. Hmm. So they, they can use sticks to manipulate things. And um, there was this one experiment with uh, chimps. Or actually, I think it was with chimps. They um, they put a peanut at the bottom of a, of a long, like tube and that the there was a peanut at the bottom and there's no way they could reach it with their hands or whatever and so the chimps had the insight to uh, go get some water and spit in it until it floated to the top right and wow. then they could then they could reach it in fact one chimp actually peed in the tube because that was his solution right Sa- same basic idea yeah. right? but birds can do that too like there's a book a bird called a rook which is like a raven yeah and uh, they put a pile of stones and a little tube because uh, ravens and crows—they're carrying. I mean, they eat meat and stuff like that. And um, the the raven kind of looked at the pile of rocks and he looked at the the container with uh, the, the piece of meat at the bottom. It had a little bit of water in it, uh, but it wasn't high enough. And then he started picking up rocks in his beak and dropping them in the tube until the displacement, you know, came wow. up and he could reach it. Wow! So I'm like, you know, chimps are not that great. Right. <laughs> Birds can do it.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, just a little closer. When you say that birds are smart or mm-hmm. or this, I mean, do you ever say like this bird's smarter than this bird or is that kind of like a false comparison or, or do you have, because sometimes people are like, right. well, smart is relative to evolution, they're sure. adapted to yeah. their skill sets or, or, or are there like something that along the same... Do you have like IQ tests for birds type of things when you're <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, tools. you're right. You
2: got to kind of pay attention to kind of what is their natural environment. Like what, what kinds of stuff do they do? So mm-hmm. you, you can't ask, like, it's like asking a rat who's mainly like kind of smell centric to do really complicated visual stuff. Like if they just, you know, and if they fail at that, you're like, oh, they're dumb. But no, they're just not, that's not how they like deal with the world, hmm. you know? So if you define intelligence as kind of being flexible, right, then birds can show that kind of flexibility. Uh, And some birds more than others. Like, turkeys are pretty freaking dumb, I think. I mean, sorry, turkey lovers out there. (laughs) Um, I know, I know. Um, (laughs) Chickens, pretty good, right? Pigeons, pretty good. But the ravens and the jays and the crows kind of usually take the top prize because they show that kind of flexibility and stuff. Are they...
3: I'm interested in the the idea of, like, migration and Mm -hmm. you were saying navigation. Right. I mean, are they, like you know, way advanced when it comes to navigation compared oh, yeah. to other ant ma- other mammals. And-
2: yeah, so a lot of that work has been done um, in pigeons, right? So, you, like the whole phenomenon of homing pigeons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the British, like the British are nuts about racing pigeons and you know, yeah, all this kind of stuff. So, you can take a pigeon, um, you know, they have a home roost, and then you can put them in a box, right, totally dark, drive them, you know, a couple, 10, 15 miles away in some direction, let them go, and they fly back home. Like, how, how, how do they did do, they do that? that? They didn't see anything, right? Yeah. So, we think it's like of more of a magnetic, like, sense oh, in their wow. brain. And so, ah. they can somehow sense the magnetic field of the earth or what have you, or yeah. maybe polarized light or something like that. So, they have kind of a sense of east, you know, north, south, east, west, and they can kind of, like, do that. And so, I have some colleagues that work on, you know, what is that like to sense that? Like, do they see magnetic fields mm. or is it just like a, a sense for them or, you know, something like, we have nothing even like that you know huh. yeah like Do i they? get lost trying to find the mall or something yeah. right and these guys are you know in a sealed up box and yeah. they can find their way home like i'd be totally lost <laughs> what a weird my wife, for I totally a bird lost.
0: though when you just <laughs> get kidnapped and then <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, what just happened it's like <laughs> taken. okay yeah i, guess I, I'll just I will we'll find out. you yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they
2: can make it back so I
0: guess they don't even need to. You you go out for the day. You don't even need to pay attention. They don't. They don't need like an app to remember where <laughs> right. they where they left their car in the parking yeah. lot or whatever. They right. just have a. a mag- maybe they're detecting uh, something
2: magnetic. Yeah, it seems like some some people have speculated that there might be like little tiny like magnetite something or others in their like retina, hmm. and so they could literally see. Like these, whatever it would look like for them, I have no idea. But it would look like these kind of lines of force, kind of, sort of. Cool. That hasn't really been well supported. But, mm. I mean, it's one, you know, like one idea. Like, was how it, do they do it? Was it a real thing back in the day that they would use them to send messages? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, oh, wow. There was, uh, oh, there's some pigeon who was given, like, the French Medal of Honor in World War One. Because she flew you know, missions where they would put um, notes on their leg, right? Yeah. And they, they had been trained that their home roost was like headquarters or whatever. Yeah. And, and they would fly back to deliver the message. And so, Germans, you know, the Germans in the trenches had sharpshooters whose job it was, take, wow. out, the, take out the pigeon, you know, because it was the only way they could communicate. So, yeah, there's like hero pigeons, you know. So, respect, respect to pigeons. Yeah. Wow. You see them in the park, right? Yeah. You know, everywhere. I want to say crap on your car. Still respect them. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna share a story with you. Okay, it's share time with Shane. You're probably gonna think I'm crazy. I it's it's likely that I misperceived what the situation okay. was, but I anecdotal swear, evidence. I was, in, yeah. I was in Sydney, Australia, and uh, and this you know there's there's pigeons mm-hmm. out and about in this area that I'm walking by, and I think I I did have like some sort of food in my hand, uh, some bread or something, and I wasn't really paying attention, and then I I looked down, and there's this one pigeon with one leg
2: mm, yeah,
0: and I just kind I of like a
2: lot, felt
0: bad for this pigeon <laughs> right. and I'm like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't going there to feed the birds or whatever, but I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's got it hard enough. All right. Okay. I'll bust off some bread. And I, and I throw the bread to it and then his second leg drops down
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, i like, damn he totally that... suckered you and, and, and
0: was that like some Pavlovian like one day someone's walking by it just happened to have its leg up yeah. randomly and then this food just yeah. drops down in, from, in front of it and then
2: just puts I'd together I'd say that's a pretty good hypothesis yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay you put so your said, leg hey, up that, and that for worked. some reason food yeah. <laughs> yeah. just drops no please of you. sir it's like the tiny Tim of pigeons it's like oh, please, sir yeah. just a crust of bread and yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and i thought about it because you talk a lot about i mean yours is in terms of visual perception but yeah. um the dopamine system which is um my understanding kind of first exposure mm-hmm. kind kind of a reward but then migrates back yeah. in the process to be a, a motivator right often. yeah yeah
2: so right. so part of my work is in the visual system and then part of it is uh like on the evolution of the dopamine system mm-hmm. and again using birds is kind of a model and so dopamine is a signal that basically you know tells your brain you know so if you're like motivated to get food it kind of dopamine that dopamine signal drives you to go get that thing mm-hmm. whether you're thirsty or whether you're hungry or the sex drive or whatever uh, and then you get a little burst of dopamine when you get that thing Right. Hmm. And so that's like a we call it kind of a teaching signal. It it tells you, hey, this was you needed this. You got it. Go do that again. Right. When you have that drive or that motivation or whatever. Hmm. Can you train yourself to get that dopamine boost for other things? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When things become habits, you know, habits are just kind of like these these kind of automatic dopamine driven um, things that, you know, things become habitual when you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just something you do, you know? So they say like for behavior change, you know, if you're trying to do a diet or exercise or whatever, it takes like, um, I think, I think they always quote like three or four weeks or a certain Mm. number of hours to kind of make it automatic where you don't Mm. have to like think about it. Ah. And those are the best thing, you know, because once it's a habit, then you don't have to spend a lot of cognitive time deciding whether to do it. And and you just do it. You You wake up, you do it and done. So.
0: Yeah, I guess it's, it is tricky to figure out what is intelligent. But I mean, if you. I think the average person when they think about intelligence like what would intelligence look like people Mm -hmm. would be like well they must just have more activation or something like that in their in their brain but a lot of times it's just people that have trained the right habits or Mm -hmm. animals that have the the right instincts i had an episode man i'm gonna butcher this (laughs) but i had an episode recently talking about language Mm -hmm. and how language is formed in the brain no, that's a complicated was, subject. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. It was yeah. fascinating, and one thing that blew me away was she was putting different people in in MRIs, and she was talking about um, polyglots. That's the word mm. for people that know a bunch of languages. Right. right. Um, and when when she puts them in and then gives them language tests, you would. Uh, you would think what you would see is like these people just have this super part of the language mm. brain, like way more activation. Right. They actually have less. Mm. It's like that yeah. part of the brain has figured out more efficient pathways yeah. for yeah. language processing.
2: Yeah, that's common for a lot of that brain imaging stuff is, is when you don't see activation, it may not be that brain area is not involved. It just means it's so good at it. Mm. That like So if you have a, like an expert chess player and you put him under a scanner while he's playing chess... The brain's actually humming along at a pretty low level, whereas a novice or somebody who's just kind of, a you know, intermediate, uh, their brain's like working, churning really hard because they're trying to figure out the next moves, whereas somebody who plays chess a lot, it's more automatic. It's kind of yeah. like a habit thing. It's like, like patterns. They see patterns like instantaneously, like what, what the next move is going to be in three moves ahead. They've got so much experience and so much practice mm-hmm. that… It doesn't really tax their brain that much yeah
0: i mean you're you're coming to stand up science um potentially mm-hmm. tonight to check out the show um and maybe it's going to be on in a future yeah um, uh, uh, time that i come through again mm-hmm. but you'll get to see i think if you see steve and i perform you'll be like man they're using like no part of their (laughs) brain that's that's incredible
2: what it's interesting about (laughs) don't think too hard yeah just let it let it flow let it flow man well that's kind of what it is too
3: like if you can back off Mm -hmm. like that when you get to the point where you know your material so well and you can back your brain off that's Mm -hmm. when the magic starts to happen where you can like be in the moment yeah improvise and pick up those things those moments that are like really and that's when crowds you know you really feel like you connect Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, when you're loose, it's uh, it's why why alcohol can be such a crutch for people too, because <laughs> right. there's not the same like second guessing yourself yeah. and everything else that happens. Yeah, you happens.
2: just say what you feel and just let Yeah. It, yeah.
0: Hmm. So, what in the world is intelligent It'd be, Because going back to the pigeon mm-hmm. example, you know, if say the pigeon was you kidnap a pigeon and it's like sitting in a box and it's kind of and like, oh, that felt like we turned right. Mm, that felt like right. we turned left. And then, and then it gets up there and it's figuring out and looking for clues. And right. that to me, like, has this quality of mm-hmm. feeling more like intelligence.
2: Yeah, it's just not like a blank stare. It's it's figuring stuff out.
0: Yeah, but just going and using mm-hmm. some homing mechanism. Um, that seems something that's like second nature. Right. We don't we don't tend to
2: value that
0: as much. Yeah, as, but
2: whenever we use the words like innate or intel or like instinct. Mm-hmm it's kind of like synonymous with dumb. Like it's this automatic stimulus response Mm. like thing, but it's not, that's not really true. Like there's a lot of complex stuff behind that. It seems easier for them because they do it. Right. So it's just like vision. You open your eyes and you see, but when you study it, you realize how complicated all that stuff is to get light from your retina into the brain, like processing edges and shadows and colors and movement. Like Mm. that's a complicated, like computational thing. Your brain is doing just like seemingly instantaneously. Right. Mm. But we've, Got a brain that's really well-tuned for that.
3: Hmm. Yeah, we're like, yeah, sure, you can migrate to another part of the world, Mm -hmm. but can you get this piece of meat
2: out of this tube? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Try that with no hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing, too, is, you know, if, if you look at our uh, animals intelligent, think about, like, dolphins, right? So, everybody's, oh, dolphins are so smart and all that kind of stuff. And they are, right? They're very social and, and they and they have kind of a language, right, that maybe we don't understand. But one of the things kind of holding them back is they don't have hands. Like, they can't make stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They have been shown to use tools, kind of, sort of. Like, they'll use, um, they'll put a piece of sponge, like a natural sponge, you know, on the end of their nose to probe into, like, sharp coral and stuff to chase crabs or oh, wow. fish out or something. But but they're limited because, you know, they got these flippers that they can't do the kinds of stuff we can do with our hands. You cool. know? That is so and the whole tool use thing in really order. interesting
0: yeah. point so you you give you give dolphins hands and they, they oh they're take taking over, over the yeah, yeah.
2: they enough? are the new overlords yeah we, we gotta put water everywhere and just you know accommodate them yeah That's well did
3: fascinating. it flipper used to solve crimes wasn't that what flipper <laughs> did those
2: are all true stories is, is what i understand yeah <laughs> uh well let's not forget about lassie was there ever a bird version let's make a bird version of one there should of those be shows. like a bird detective i can like yeah. a crow with like a little Sherlock Holmes hat yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That solving that a that feels yeah. like it's or a parrot a maybe yeah yeah parrot would have catchphrases that's a very good tv oh, thing yeah. Yeah, yeah um lots of memes very meme worthy yeah
0: hmm speaking of the visual system so are they still is it similar-ish processes like is the image coming in flipped yeah in a bird brain and right. the, the same kind of circuitry going. yeah
2: it's it's similar um it depends on the bird obviously like you know um So, some birds, they have, um, you know, we have a a fovea, which is where we can focus our attention. It's like right in the center of our eye, give or take. Uh, Some birds, especially like pigeons, here's pigeons again, uh, they have um, two fovea. So, they can focus kind of on stuff far away because there might be predators, right? And there's also like a really close-up, like myopic fovea for looking at stuff on the ground because that's where they feed. Mm. They, They feed on stuff on the ground. And a lot of the visual processing of birds gets done at the level of the retina, um, where ours is kind of shifted back to the brain a bit more, hmm. but uh, the pathways are similar. That's some of the work I did early on is showing that even though their their brain is organized differently, they've got these two parallel visual pathways that look kind of similar to ours. So,
0: so they have bifocals, just in yeah, in, within one naturally, eye. yeah, huh? Because <laughs> because um,
2: they, they have to you know because right. because they have eyes on the side of their head, mm-hmm. they're looking out for predators, right, and sudden movements and stuff like that while they're also eating. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like splitting their attention between looking out for predators and, you know, eating grain or the bread you gave that one pigeon. Right. Mm. Um, and they're, they're having to kind of multitask.
0: How are they with, with an eye on each side? Yeah. How are they putting together depth perception in a, in a 3d um image well
2: that is a good question it's uh, a very sophisticated question uh, i'm very uh, impressed with that because yeah.
0: it's kind of i think isn't that why pigeons like bob so their the head heads, bob so thing can-
2: the head bob thing is because they don't have ocular muscles like they can't move their eyes like we do so to stabilize their gaze they actually move their head and then the body catches up and they move their head and the body catches up so it looks <laughs> like they're bobbing but they've done like these high speed huh. video things whoever thought to do this i don't know but they 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 actually move their Someone head first. just got a high-speed video camera. And they're like, let's just film pigeons, because pigeons are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they showed... So, they can't move their eyes, right? So, that's one thing. And when you have lateral eyes, you have very, very limited binocular vision. Like, it's a super small little, like, sliver of their vision. But try to sneak up on a pigeon, because they can literally almost see, like, 360 degrees. I think wow. it's, like, something like 320 oh, wow. or something like that. Because And so, they don't have very much binocular like in the front just a little tiny sliver like when they're eating on the ground or whatever Yeah, that would be different from like a falcon or a hawk or something mm-hmm. they're like super good at long distance vision right so it just depends on the bird like what kind of you know what their ecology is like and kind of what they've evolved to be really good at you know
0: how many parallels are there with brain size and what we're kind of trying to get out of intelligence here mm-hmm. because it seems like it seems like species with larger brains tend to. I know that whales have pretty large brains, and a sure. lot of it's just kind of moving their body and right, not really right. um, used for like I don't know navigation or mm-hmm. quote unquote thinking. Um, but I, I know that in in humans, there doesn't seem to be much of a correlation between mm-hmm. brain size and intelligence. When they, I, I think, what was that uh, when they used to measure? heads oh phrenology uh, yeah, yeah and, that, right. and that guy that was like well the bigger the brain the smarter you are mm-hmm. and ironically when they uh when when uh, they gave him an autopsy after he died he had a smaller than average right. <laughs> um, maybe it was just really efficient yeah i don't
2: know uh yeah so brain size obviously you know if you talk about like oh blue whale's got a huge brain well obviously got a huge body right and mm-hmm. that, that kind of goes along with it so there are a lot of um there are a lot of like Uh, ways to kind of scale brain and body relationships, right? So they Mm -hmm. do these um, ratios between brain weight and body weight and all that kind of stuff. And that gives you like a rough measure of do you, you know, for an animal of a given size, is their brain bigger than you would expect based on their body size? And if it is, all right. Well, then maybe that's a you know a really rough proxy of their intelligence, right? Their brain is bigger than you would expect, right? So humans have a bigger brain than you would expect for a primate of our size. I see. Uh, But then there's also the efficiency question, like so bigger is not always better. It just depends on how the neurons are kind of packed in there and you know Hmm. how they're connected and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. So it's kind of an indirect way of you know saying, oh, that that animal's probably intelligent because their brain is bigger than you would expect. Yeah. Right. Because bigger animals have bigger livers and bigger kidneys, and like, so what? Right. But if the brain is bigger than you would expect for the body size, then you got something. Then hmm. maybe you're, you know, a proxy for intelligence in, in the same way. Or a place you can to start, kind of- anyway
0: look at um, the size of the genitals and certain mammals too and kind of be like well there must be a little more kind of sperm competition going on oh there you know or... about sperm
2: competition yeah. very impressed. well that's, that's why I you can't re- stop talking I mean it. that was I know. that was maybe I know. the first thing <laughs> I, about, I was like oh, you it know it what kinda, maybe science is it just, just kind of sticks with you um, well that's, <laughs> that's kind of so very good <laughs> I actually sir. teach a, a class in evolutionary psychology right uh, I love evolutionary and psychology and we do this comparative thing of you know testicle size yeah. sperm competition yeah and you know, gorillas. The reason they always look so angry is they have a really small penis, like because they don't do sperm competition because the alpha you fight basically it out. controls the females, right? You, and and you know, until he gets older and you can challenge his dominance, yeah, he's really the only one. You know, basically, and we're doing fertilizing we're doing all the females. Dominance so.
0: challenges. You want those testicles on the inside of, of the body. That would be
2: true. That yeah. would be true as well. Yeah. Yeah. But chimps, on the other hand, have huge testicles mm-hmm. because most females in a in a primate group like chimps, they mate with all the males. Mm-hmm. That way, the males aren't sure which infant is theirs, yeah, and so everybody everybody, everybody kind of helps out raises the yeah. kids they don't do you know what we call infanticide which is kill the young of another you know mm-hmm. another male so females solve that problem in chimps by mating with everybody when mm-hmm. they go into estrus and then whose kid is who i don't know right mm-hmm. it's like a maury povich show like, yeah what, i had sex with 16 men and <laughs> this kid may not be yours you know
3: what wouldn't it be a disadvantage like evolutionarily wise for the apes to do that to be where to only where all the female apes are only getting their sperm from one ape
2: yeah they probably want to mix it up right? right so yeah if you think about the whole sperm competition which Shane just loves talking about um, is they, they've done stuff can, like can, measuring came here to
0: talk about ber- <laughs> by the way this is how every single episode of the here we are
2: podcast
0: is. Com- sometimes I have someone on talking about like um, uh, you know the myelin sheathing and mm-hmm. and neurons to uh, that are um, you know degenerating when people mm-hmm. have multiple sclerosis and I'll just try to steer it. into <laughs> <toward laughs> sperm competition like, but yeah, what can- about the role of sperm competition uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: in these diseases. Yeah, right. yeah, but so they've had people like measuring the speed of sperm and, and the volume and all this. Can you imagine like sitting there with a stopwatch and yeah, watching, watching no, sperm I've, going across a slide or whatever? Oh yeah, uh, I've, fascinating I've, stuff. I've but, these but yeah, so it, it would make sense that within the female's reproductive tract, there's still even mm-hmm. sperm competition going on. Mm-hmm. So females are, you know, depending on the species, some some primates are super monogamous. So are some birds, uh, and some are more like seasonally monogamous and then some you know like like chimps and bonobos which are kind of chimp basically um they're pretty promiscuous in that sense Mm -hmm. and you know that way they're kind of getting the best possible sperm to Mm -hmm. fertilize the eggs and you know that's how it goes
0: well uh, so i mean uh, back to inferring because because there's all sorts of you know you can also look at say sexual dimorphism, how how much larger a male is Mm -hmm. than a female and and maybe infer some things about their behavior if say you just have, you know, dinosaur bones to work Mm -hmm. with or something like that. So you could potentially do this with like say a pterodactyl. You just look and Right? Are there people yeah. that do this and and, and yeah? Di- so-
2: Dimorphisms like dimorphism usually see more well. dimorphism in um, where males have to super compete, mm-hmm. you know, for females, mm-hmm. uh, and then they have the ability to like like got gorillas like gorillas male gorillas are massive compared to females, right? Whereas in chimps, it's a little more like they're not as different, you know, body size wise. So it's, it's like a rough proxy for. Potentially, like the mating system, right? For that, right. For that group,
0: yeah. So, so um, along those lines, you can make you can potentially make similar inferences about the intelligence of a pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So, so if a pterodactyl has a larger or smaller brain mm-hmm. than you would expect for that body size, then yeah. you can say like. Well, maybe these pterodactyls were able to get meat out of tubes of, <laughs> right. of rocks as well, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: because you can, um, even though brains don't fossilize, you can actually tell a lot about, because the brain usually sits pretty well inside like the brain case. Like mm. there's not a lot of extra space there. So when you see the, when you measure the skull size and, you know, if you go inside it and you they can, you know, scan it and like make a 3D model of the brain and all this kind of stuff, you can get a pretty good estimation of what the brain looked like, mm. even though the brain's not going to be fossilized. So mm. yeah, you could definitely do those kinds of measurements.
0: So I have a few questions, but one, I have one just like in the back. I always have the dumbest question that's like, don't say that, don't say that. Just screaming in your head. like do it. Nagging it. You already did the sperm competition. thing. What can you lose? Come on. Well, I was curious. Uh, uh, Steve, you got a favorite bird out there? I was, was going to ask him spot. that. Yeah.
4: Okay. Maybe it's not favorite
0: that kind of bird. But no, yeah. you don't get you don't get to answer until we're done. Okay. Because otherwise, <laughs> you're going to answer, and then I'm going to get all self conscious about like trying to come up with a good. That one. bird's
2: stupid. Why <laughs> shape it?
0: Down? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Speaking of duck, I, I mean, it's going to be between like uh bald eagle, just because mm. I think they're beautiful birds. That's America, yeah. very patriotic,
0: very versus. patriotic. Yeah, but also,
3: I've always really liked the dodo birds. That just yeah. a hilarious yeah. bird to me, and the fact that they got wiped out just because
2: they were basically really dumb, really I'm, dumb, or super tame. You could also comment of oh, because they just had no natural yeah. fear of humans, so we went yeah, in there and just right. plucked them all up. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now we're gonna do. We're gonna see who wins. Okay. We're gonna do one, two, three, and then you and I will say at the same time our okay. favorite verb. We'll see if it's the same one or right. if you're wrong. Um, <laughs> all right, are right, you got it? I'm ready. Uh, all right,
3: I'll okay. do a three. Okay, one, two. Three vulture bird. Oh,
0: you say vulture? Oh, I said vulture. Right. Oh, see, vulture. But is... All
2: respected to bowerbirds. They're pretty yeah, awesome too. Yeah, what yeah. What did you say, Shane? Bowerbird.
0: Bowerbird. Bowerbirds oh. are the ones they make the big nests on the ground and have like they decorate them with all of the.
2: It's like their bachelor pad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, cool and the more about? they decorate it, the more the women like it. Sorry. Very ah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a, the male incredible. is doing the nesting. Yeah. Well. So. So well, it's not really you're... a nest. It's um. It's well, just an advertisement. It's, it's, it's like a super display, yeah. And they collect, like, feathers and uh, flowers, and they'll even, if they find, like, artificial stuff, like a bottle cap or something like sure. that. They They arrange them, and they like certain colors, right? And so yeah. they'll, they'll put them around the bower, and then if the female likes it, she ascends to mate with him, and then they'll do go they off mate, and make a nest for the Do they mate the eggs. in the- the bro pad? <laughs> I think they do. Yeah. I yep. really? think they do. And the, the bower bird yeah. does like a little dance, right? And, he, and yeah. he's calling and the female comes down, checks him out. And then if she decides, yeah, he's pretty cool, then they'll you know do the deed and then go off and make an actual nest for the eggs and stuff. So the bower is just for just like display. Some, yeah. so it's just kind of like if you have like a
3: really fancy apartment in Manhattan right and just if right. you can just get a lady back there yeah yeah but overlooking the city <laughs> a big tv you know
0: yeah you're set you're good to yeah. go um they even have one of the, the they sometimes like paint the inside of like their little hall they even do uh they even they even have um oh what's the name of that phenomenon that they use in movies a lot to skew perception no, like
2: forced perspective
0: For, or forced yeah, perspective okay. they have the tunnel starts wide and gets narrow so Oh, i didn't even know that if they stand yeah. back further they like appear it's like what they do at like disney larger or right? Whoa. <laughs> the yeah. that's advanced yeah yeah so, another
2: thing they do too is males will destroy other males bowers yeah like they'll go attack and steal them and st- steal stuff or just destroy it when he's not there so to the wow. female it's a signal that oh this guy can defend his apartment right or his, yeah his nest whatever yeah <laughs> um and I mean, it's know, a so mansion. He,
3: yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah,
2: so so what's cool about vultures? Vultures are, um, you know, I was going to say pigeons, but you know, we've we've given a lot yeah. of props we to pigeons already. We all love pigeons. The thing about You're pigeons right is that they're underrepresented. Yeah, and people, you know, people are real vulture they're associated with, You know, death and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But but you know, vultures are there providing a valuable service, right? Mm-hmm. They're pretty social, right? They're always kind of together munching on a carcass. you yeah. know, shooting the breeze. <laughs> they they soar up in the sky, right? They're they're smelling for you know dead stuff yeah so if i'm reincarnated if i have to choose a bird i think i'm gonna go vulture because they're social there's always stuff to eat yeah right yeah. and you can kind of soar on the thermals and just kind of relax and mm. wait for something to die sounds like a good thing are yeah. there any predators that eat vultures not that i'm aware of i don't know not that i, I don't think so mm.
3: so what keeps vultures
2: in check then i don't know You've got me stumped. I stumped an, on, on vulture culture. <laughs> why, why isn't there just
0: vultures everywhere? Nothing, yeah. can, nothing can kill. I could, I could think
2: maybe like a maybe a coyote or something would take down a vulture. You know, mm. but I don't know. That's a darn good question.
0: Maybe it's just not that easy getting living yeah, off true. scraps. Maybe, yeah. Hmm.
2: So do That's I a get question, a PhD Steve. now? Yeah, you're yeah. done. Yeah, I, I, I actually have the power to grant. Yeah, yeah. Can you, I
0: mean, I haven't earned my. I have a scepter and the whole Steve thing. A PhD, yeah, that'd yeah. be terrific. Um, how about this, buddy? Coming along for one week on the tour, you get yourself a PhD. You ready to set
2: up shop?
1: Um, I so all right. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry Starter Set with a 5-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just 3 bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 8989 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 8989. Enjoy
5: Hey guys, Randy and Jason here. And whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. Now yeah, you don't want to catch like glimpses and uh, little snit bits of like what bits? Uh, you know what I'm tid-bits talking about? bits of what your kids are listening to or anyone else. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go drop in hundreds of bucks on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. They are amazing. Yes. I've got my Raycon earbuds. They so cancel out everything. Raycon earbuds start for about a half price of the other ones. Premium wireless earbuds on the market and they sound just as amazing as the top uh, audio brands you know. The newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds are their best ones yet. Jay, I love these uh, so much. I'm using it nonstop, right? Six Brent. hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth playing, more bass, more compact design, gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. I like that if you have one of them in, you can just hear. use one of them for They're a second. They're stylish and discreet. I love these so much. Now's the time to get a pair, the latest and the greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order by Raycon.com. Uh slash Starburns. That's buy B U I Raycon.com, dot com slash Starburns for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. I love these earbuds so much. I know you do too. I'm all about them, man. They're they're my reach. You know what you feel when you reach for them, and that's what you, you reach them. for. And that's my hike. Those are my hike earbuds. When Those I are hike. my walking earbuds. Buy B-U-I-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash Starburns for 15% off.
0: Related question uh, new game. So what, what's, what's the, uh, what's that bird that can mimic like any sound like chainsaws. Uh,
2: oh, I you think know, i a couple. um,
0: um, and like, is it a minor, minor
2: bird? I, I want to say it's a minor bird, but there, there might be another one I'm not thinking of, but yeah, mm. they're really good at being able to manipulate their, their like voices. Right. And so I, I've heard, I've seen birds do like the, the clicks of a camera, like a camera shutter. You uh-huh. know? And I've heard, um, obviously voices and stuff like that. But Mm. yeah, how they do that is amazing. Like how they control it and copy, you know, that sound. And why do you think they're doing it? Why do you think they are copying everything? I think it's because, I mean, um, so for some birds, they learn their song. It's not like they're born out of the egg knowing their song. They actually had to have a tutor. And so they're what we call vocal learners, right? They're one of the few animals that are vocal learners. So other animals make noises, but it's like more instinctual. It's more just, you know, they're kind of born with it. Uh, Whereas a bird, some birds, especially the songbirds, they can kind of chirp and make some sounds, but unless they have normal exposure, typically to their father's song, they don't develop a full like song. So I think maybe among the parrots and things like that, they learn certain vocalizations, um, you know, naturally to communicate Mm -hmm. with each other. And then, you know, the ability to mimic other sounds is just kind of like a, an after effect kind of mm. like a so they're knock, almost just like bored they're like bored in the
3: tree yeah maybe they another especially a captive like, oh, parrot
2: they're just they I, want to make noise and yeah
0: hear stuff i know. mean the better question for you steve is if you could hear a chainsaw <laughs> and then just mimic it instantly perfectly <laughs> why in the world wouldn't yeah, you? yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be good for your act too like yeah. they, they could oh, open yeah. up a whole new dimension
2: right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can make any sound. Yeah, that's amazing. Just the people one. just shout out sounds. You get a whole gig right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's actually what? happened.
3: Yeah, uh, one of my favorite Michael comedians Elizabeth. does a cha- a yeah. bit about a chainsaw and has a chainsaw. He like does the chainsaw noise. I love
0: the idea of comics spending like just yeah. days of their li- like in <laughs> it front. Sounds of just, it sounds real, dude. you, you have, have to train very practicing. hard for that
2: sound. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the game was was uh, I'm see. I think that you're maybe not going to have the answer for this.
2: How dare you? But, I have a PhD.
0: Um, but, but <laughs> I know you, all the answers. If you don't every... know what bird it was yeah. that, that perfectly replicated. Hey, you know what? doesn't matter. Say say parrot, whatever, that yeah. that does these this mimicking. So let's use parrot, actually. Right. Parrot, and I want Steve and I to both guess, and then you hopefully tell us the okay. answer. You, you take a parrot or a bowerbird. Which one do you think has... Uh, higher so one has this impressive ability to mimic the other has this impressive ability to create this whole display and all that which one do you think has a larger brain to body ratio hmm. and therefore potentially more hmm. intelligent
3: but i don't know how big a bower bird is so okay. that's okay. gonna be okay. hard for me well i still i know how big it is i have no idea it's
0: brain to body ratio <laughs> basically which one is smarter by okay. that standard i'm gonna go with the vocal the parrot. No, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It's Bowerbird. <laughs> it is Bowerbird once again. Is it really? uh, Bowerbird have, for the win? I have no idea. Do you know? But I think it's parrots. I is think. It I think. Well, it
2: depends too. on the species of parrot. If if we're gonna go get all technical and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, depend on the species of the parrot. I do know that that um, they've done brain size comparisons with bowerbirds and closely related species. Like so, there's a there's a there's multiple species of bowerbirds, and there's ones that don't really build bowers, and then there's one something called a catbird, which is like phylogenetically, like evolutionarily kind of related to birds, and the bird has the biggest brain of them all in mm-hmm. terms of body size so you know it takes apparently some brain power to be able to do that building and you know all that stuff
0: this is just doing this podcast has really been just one of the more humbling things in my life i always find out some new thing today uh, find out that I have a real bowerbird bias. Yeah, In my, <laughs> yeah. In my life, I just like have you're a, all about the bowerbirds. Really, a, a bowerbird tinted lenses through which I now. See. If bowerbirds
2: had sperm competition, then, then <laughs> oh, wow. you've got a whole new thing. Don't even. You're going to go get your PhD tease me with that. and make that your life mission. Right there. <laughs> um,
0: are there any birds out there that you're shocked by? Uh, either, either they have a really large mm-hmm. brain. Hmm ratio right um and they can't do near what you'd think they'd be able to (laughs) or really small and they're able to do way more than you would expect
2: Hmm. um let's see the only thing that comes to mind is maybe hummingbirds Hmm. let's see see where see where the brain body ratio stuff kind of breaks down is if you have an animal who's got an unusually big body or an unusually small body then the ratio, right? That's just math. Um, mm. The ratio gets a little weird. So so gorillas have a brain that's a little bit smaller than you would expect, but they're still pretty intelligent animals. So it may be that they're just so massively big, like physically, mm-hmm. that when you calculate the ratio, it makes their brain seem small, kind of by comparison. Mm. Hummingbirds are obviously small animals, right? And they have a pretty small brain, but... Their ability to fly the way they do and just like hover, you know, in place, hmm. uh, is a pretty amazing thing. So they're they're smarter than I would expect from their brain size, hmm. even if you scale it for their small, you know, body. They're pretty they're pretty smart little guys. Hmm.
0: Steve has like a really heavy brain. It's impressive.
2: He's like very top I mean, heavy. Kind of, he can so barely stay in there. Very, very easy to push yes. over. Oh, it's like a wee- he's the opposite of a weeble. He just falls over no matter and what. And that's what. why they call him dense. It's a compliment. <laughs> uh, um, uh,
0: w- what about um, it, how much is sexual selection hmm. a factor in this? Because yes. it it seems like Seems like in songs, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's just the males doing right. this and, yeah. and, and it doesn't seem like there's a, often the a a tremendous a male amount of utility right. in being able to sing a song. In mm-hmm. fact, might be incurring unwanted, uh, you know, yeah, right. un, unwanted attention on, on yourself. Um, is, is there, is there any, kind of distinction that you're mm. able to say in those species where right. where the males able to cuz it's usually the females just very practical has Yeah like they call, they call it kind of the land. choosy
2: female principle so they they're like actively selecting males mm-hmm. right just through sexual selection and and song can be that like signal building a bower you know that kind of stuff
0: So do those males in those species need a bigger brain or does the female need the same size brain to also be able to judge mm-hmm. accurately what is and
2: yeah, probably, a- if, I would imagine it cuts both ways. I don't know if anybody's looked at um, female versus male bower brain, bowerbird brains. Mm. Maybe they have. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, and it also depends. You know, if 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 that behavior is very like stereotyped, right? Then maybe the brain isn't as big as you would expect. Um, although in bowerbirds, it's definitely true, right? They have a big brain. Mm. Um, but with some birds, like songbirds. Um, their brain, you know, it depends on the songbird, but their brain's about what you expect—that whole brain-body ratio thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so much of their brain is devoted to that song, right? So males, you know, a big chunk of their brain, this whole system, is for learning song, you know, and reproducing it and stuff like that. And, and a lot of that's learning, which would imply a, a pretty big, you know, brain. But but lots of it, a lot of it is fine-tuned just for song. So they may not show flexibility in like other areas like or intelligent behavior in other areas, whereas they can make this really complex song and they can, you know, birds improvise like they have, they learn part of their song from their father, right? It's mostly males that learn from their father and then they can, they can riff, like they'll do, like they'll inject little syllables and different things um, because they're trying to stand out, right? There's a bunch of other males singing and the female we think judges the length of the song and like how much it changes up like frequency and all this kind of jazz, hmm. Um jazz they're doing jazz right they're riffing (laughs) um yeah so it's it's a signal to the female that this guy's got a good brain like he's he's smart he's been able to learn you know at least that thing right
0: um yeah like i'm usually like when a girl is like into me i'm like well she's pretty clever yeah i mean she's she's a good 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 judge of character (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um i oh shoot Uh, that dumb joke just threw me off the actual good question i was Hmm. about to ask which was about, you guys think Steve? Uh, this mm. is, so it, it was about, oh, this is what it was. It's my understanding that the human visual system commands an enormous part mm-hmm. of what our, uh, what our brain right. is doing. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, I think the estimate was, is like seventy yeah. percent of our cortex has yeah. visual like function. That's a not huge, the whole brain, but just the cortex. Yeah. Just just physically, it's a lot. that
0: is a lot of brain. Mm-hmm. That is way 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 more brain than is in a single bird. Right, and and yet birds are able to see as far as we can tell, mm-hmm. somewhat relatively pretty good even further than us and like
2: you know give a hawk or an eagle some long distance vision thing and they'll just blow us away right Mm. or seeing at night an owl is really awesome at seeing at night um so yeah their visual systems are at least as good or better it Hmm. depends on the species and what specific like visual like function you're talking about how are they pulling that off or why are we using so That's the golden so much? question. Yeah, that's why I'm interested in birds. It's like how do they do that with an, ar- you know, a pretty small brain and the architecture is different yeah. and, you know, it's obviously finely tuned and specialized for, you know, for vision, right? Hmm. Cuz a lot of animals don't vision isn't their thing, right? So, you know, rats, a lot of animals, dogs, cats, obviously they can see, but they're really smell centric. Like no. do- dogs can know Oh, you know, Fred was here an hour ago, he peed on this tree, you know, cause, mm-hmm. because they can use, do it by smell. Um, and we're just visual centric, like we're lousy smellers, but we're really good at vision. And our, our auditory system's pretty good, you know, mm. but yeah, so much of the brains devoted to vision, because we just evolved, you know, all primates have a pretty decent visual system, unless hmm. they're like nocturnal or something. So hmm. it's like our thing.
0: Do you ever go the other way in comparisons? Do you ever compare to like say insects? Where mm. I mean, say like a yeah, who
2: cares about insects? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's like I'm when trying I to, to, to think of a good example. Uh, like right.
0: dung beetles seem in, yeah. seemingly do some fairly impressive.
2: I would imagine they're very smell centric. That's just a guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, people have studied insects, um, like like uh, especially like dragonflies, because dragonflies. Their visual systems organized like totally differently, but um, they can do all this hovering and like you know go after prey like in midair and they, they do all this crazy like helicoptery you know kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mainly look at birds and mammals and, and human brains mm-hmm. and kind of look at those comparisons. But I have some colleagues that you know they look at fish brains and you can get into the genetics a lot more in organisms. You know maybe like a fish or a. Insect or something like that like flies, you know, you mm-hmm. can do a lot of gene splicing and crazy stuff and see how it affects their vision So that that stuff's interesting. It's not something I usually look into.
0: Hmm. So most humans have uh, three cones in their mm-hmm. eyes for processing yeah. color mm-hmm. um, Three cone types. Yeah, three cone types. What uh, what's a bird got?
2: Uh, so most birds have what are called double cones. So they have they have these double cones. They've got um, rods, right? And then um, depending what pigment, you know, so the, the cones are defined by what pigment goes in them and pigeons have like five pigments, whereas mm-hmm. we only have three. So we call them um, pentachromatic, I think the word is. So they have a five color system. Now what that looks like for them, psh, we don't know. Like you can do some behavioral testing stuff and they seem to do pretty good on the blue end of the spectrum, but not so good at the orange and the red end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But they can also see into the ultraviolet, which we can't do some other animals can do that too like bees like honeybees can see ultraviolet because uh, their wow. whole spectrum is shifted down to the low end of the spectrum the mm-hmm. short wavelengths yeah it's always cool to think about like what is it what does things look like for them you know yeah mm-hmm. like they're seeing yeah. stuff we just don't even have any like concept of what that looks like like what is ultraviolet what color is ultraviolet it blows your brain away you know it's like how can you mm-hmm. know what that is you know double cones yeah double cones are pretty interesting. More cones put in there <laughs> yeah because there's there's some you'd fema- be able to discriminate more colors that way
0: there i, I believe there's some female human females that have four oh, like yeah? a fourth cone type hmm. um and guys don't uh, females don't go colorblind guys because right guys it's usually a sex linked
2: trait yeah
0: um uh but, yeah, that is fascinating with them. We're missing out on a lot of colors. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, what, we just needed these ones? There's got to be some other yeah, good I've colors always, out yeah, there. Right. That
2: <laughs> Whatever it would be called, I don't know. But, yeah. I've always heard or thought that it was,
3: the you know, the for humans, that the male was more visually, like, a visually, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like
2: visual, spatial, like, stuff? Yeah, or? we were
3: just, it was more important to us you know right yeah we're like more yeah there's some of that data has been
2: disputed um th- there's just like it's kind of like an evolutionary things so, oh well men were out hunting and throwing spears and so we're really good at visual motor mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. stuff whereas women were hunter you know they, they were gathering and da 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 um those differences are probably not as big as as often as like presented mm-hmm. you know um but in terms of spatial awareness that there's some data that that men kind of on average can do a bit better than than females whether that's an evolutionary thing or it's a cultural thing you know yeah.
3: spatial awareness is not the same as as color cones and right, everything.
2: yeah no not exactly i mean that's the raw material for that kind of yeah. spatial awareness stuff but yeah it's probably more brain like on the level of the brain or something
0: yeah it's, well it is for, you know, this is a issue in evolutionary psychology where there's like so many similarities and then you find like a, uh, yeah. a little difference and then that's the one and that you makes you blow it the up headlines. and make a big theory about it yeah um what what about when birds that migrate compared mm-hmm. to birds that don't migrate right i would think that it would take more intelligence or neural flexibility mm-hmm. to migrate to be right. in new environments all of the time is that
2: yeah i would think that's true I, i'm not sure about that data but i, I would imagine that's true because to, like to navigate obviously you need the like for migration you need that navigation sense right you need to be able to deal with different environments you need to be sensitive to, like, light cues because that's when the seasons are changing. Like, okay, it's time to pack up, you know, and move from Europe to Africa or whatever, mm. you know, whatever their mm. migration pattern is. So, I would imagine that they have a bigger brain. They have more flexibility that way. There's also a lot of rela- – um, there's some stuff related to um, diet and, and like, bird intelligence. Like, like, if you have a more varied diet, you tend to have a bigger brain. Mm. Or yeah. if you um, are more social – you tend to have a bigger brain because you're, you're in a, a flock, right? And if there's social interactions between these you know, these individuals, then that kind of drives brain evolution too, being a, a like a highly social species, mm. which some birds are, some birds aren't.
0: I had this question I thought of on the way over, and it might be kind of confusing. It, how much of a role is dopamine playing in the visual mm. uh, processing and perception? I imagine if you spot a berry mm-hmm. there's some sort of uh dopamine happening to like is, interact yeah. and make you go like "Ooh, i better
2: go and get that right thing so my understanding is that, um a lot of the retina runs on glutamate but there also is dopamine hmm. uh in the retina because i know people with parkinson's disease can have some visual like problems and you know do- parkinson's is associated with dopamine you know being too low like mm-hmm. being depleted um as far as like the kind of the rewarding aspect of like seeing something like i don't know, like aesthetics or something maybe is what you're talking about like mm-hmm. oh you, know, you see something nice and you get this little burst of dopamine it's probably much more of a brain-centric thing than a retina kind of thing i see yeah
0: hmm. i was just curious what um the way in which so i imagine when we're born much of our visual perception mm-hmm. at least in humans is kind of like a bit of a blob right um yeah. i mean some birds need to be pretty ready to go pretty, right, you know, right? get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, and, yeah, and baby, then,
2: babies are pretty helpless you know, on all, all kinds of things. But, yeah, their visual system, they can recognize, um, well, they're really tuned into faces mm-hmm. like, when they're infants, mm-hmm. but their eyes, like their vision is very cloudy and everything's not kind of hooked up yet. It takes yeah. kind of a sensitive period to get all that stuff hooked up, right?
0: But it seems like there would be some sort of, you know, you get rewarded for seeing the right – sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's, and then your perception uh, it makes that stuff kind of stick out a little more to you right. and, and, yeah, and yeah. you pay a little more. I'm just trying to figure out why it yeah, is like a
2: feedback loop kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, obviously looking around a room right now, you have a, like a bare wall here, mm-hmm. and then you have a couple pictures on the wall, right. the pictures on the wall are dominating more of my conscious, Visual right. perception than the actual physical space that they're mm-hmm. taking up in the room because right. it just is attracting the eye a little more. And, yeah. And then I was, I was kind of thinking, is there some sort of a? This this might be a way too complicated question, or or maybe I'm just asking the wrong thing. But I, was, I was also thinking about confirmation bias mm-hmm. and and how that's happening in the brain when you when you see or hear something like the the I. Learned the word liminal space like
2: liminal space
0: (laughs) uh, like a month ago or two months ago or something like that. Now it's just like uh, it's all I see everywhere, and and uh, I wonder if there's some sort of feedback system like that with 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 the visual system as well. Yeah,
2: I think confirmation bias is a good word for that. So it it kind of reminds me of um you know the brain is just full of associations. Like you, Mm -hmm. you learn this thing goes with this thing and this thing goes with this thing. So when when a concept is activated in your mind it reminds you of all the other stuff that's kind of closely connected to it you know so so once you've got a word or like i know when i was looking for a new car recently now i'm noticing all the cars like on the road like oh that's an Altima and that's a whatever it is and you know before i wasn't even paying attention but now it just stands out like oh there's that car there's that car should i buy that car that looks pretty cool Whatever year that is you know so it just kind of like it's activated in your brain and so everything that comes in it kind of gets filtered through that like association or something mm. hmm so what kind of,
0: what do your actually, some of your studies actually look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it's even uh, screwing with birds even more than taking <laughs> them out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and just, and just seeing So a
2: lot of my work um, has been, so part of my work is the anatomy, like figuring <clears throat> out which neurons are talking to which neurons. It's kind see. of like, like a, you know, like a wiring diagram of mm-hmm. the brain, basically um and most of that stuff i did some in the visual system and now i'm doing it more in the dopamine system and how different areas of the brain are connected and are they similar to what you see in humans are they different and then some behavioral stuff um is looking at how birds um basically put them in what we call a skinner box right which is a little operant chamber we show them different visual stimuli and then we um train them that one one stimulus you get fed the other stimulus the lights go out kind of like a punishment and we we randomly assign them to different keys and they peck on the key where they're supposed to get you know they peck on the the positive key or the one that they, they get rewarded they get some food they peck the other key it goes dark and then we see how dopamine plays an effect uh, on their ability to pay attention and also to switch like we, we switch up the rules on them so now the key that used to get them fed now that's the lights out key and we see how long it takes them to be flexible and switch to another strategy. And that's like a dopamine driven kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So if you take a brain of a, of a bird, like a, say, say a mockingbird or mm-hmm. something, um, which take it easy, by the way, mockingbirds, <laughs> like, <laughs> Just relax, cruel a little, little bastards and, and mocking us all just, the time. <laughs> yeah, well, and then they're just come on, it's just, just like very twitchy and yeah. and frantic. Like chill out a little bit. Be like a vulture. <laughs> chill out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but say say you take what and you blow it up mm-hmm. in imaging or whatever to a right. human size mm-hmm. brain. What are the big differences
2: that you are looking at? Mm. So the first thing you would notice is they don't have a cerebral cortex, right? Mm-hmm. That like six layers of cells that only mammals have. Um, and some, some of my work in the past has been, you know, for a long time, we thought bird brains were, um, if you take kind of the, the simpler components of like a primate brain, what mm-hmm. we call it, the basal ganglia, we thought that's all the bird brain was, was just that chunk. And that's been associated just with instinct and you know, not very complex behavior. But now we've learned that, you know, the, the outer part of the human brain, even though it's all wrinkly, it's got these six layers, um, birds have similar groupings of neurons. They're just arranged differently. So, their brain kind of took a different trajectory, right, in their evolution. But the same groups of neurons and the way they connect to other parts of the brain are, are all there. They just look hmm. different, you know, from just a, you know, a casual... Well, not casual, but once you get to the microscopic analysis and and look at how the connections are are made, they look a lot more, you know, like a primate or a mammal brain than Hmm. you would expect.
0: So, it's my understanding that Mm. birds have evolved independently um, many times in in different Mm -hmm. regions from different um, constraints that were were... they
2: made it through the dinosaurs. Well, they are dinosaurs, actually, but all birds, Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, there, there was a debate a long time like in, in back. I was gonna say a long time ago in the '90s, uh, there was a debate about whether birds were dinosaurs or just related to dinosaurs, and that's pretty much been put to rest. Like they are dinosaurs; that they're, they're the only living lineage of dinosaur. Were, were you on survived. the right side of
0: history? I was on I, the right side of history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you, I you like, can tell in the way that you're talking yeah. about. It. It's like we some showed idiots them.
2: thought. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, scientists out there. Uh, there was some good evidence on the other side, but yeah, we won. So, how won? do you think that they survived? you know, the great extinction of dinosaurs. Yeah, that's so a really they good question. They just flew away, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they flew away. a better part, <laughs> a non-burning part of the earth, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's a good question though because mammals survived that period too. Like there were just a handful of species of mammals. We think they okay. were just burrowing, you know, kind of organisms and then once the dinosaurs get kicked out, um, then mammals can kind of like take over and we, we ah. filled, filled all these niches and stuff like that. But I guess birds hadn't had enough flexibility to do that too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's actually a lot of, one of the reasons the dinosaurs kind of croaked out was because um, those large reptiles, you know, you don't really see large reptiles anymore. And part of that's the, like the oxygen carbon dioxide ratio in the atmosphere changed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like what, what's the biggest reptile now? Like a Komodo dragon or something like that? Like that's as as, kind of as big as they get because, and part of that's like their oxygen, like utilizing system and stuff is different. Mm -hmm. They can't support a huge like reptile. Yeah, we were and just being cold blooded and all that stuff.
0: We we're in the mode Aquarium in Sarasota yesterday, and there was a oof, what do they call it?
3: Ma- the maladone the Mollodon shark. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like we, was we were like,
0: is that real? Nah. We we're like, <laughs> they just had the jaw. We we're like, yeah. oh, okay, that's not real, is it? Like that's yeah. a decoration right? of some kind. And it, it turns out there was wh- it would eat whales
3: was yeah. yeah. that like a megalodon or
2: a e- megalodon. even bigger yeah, than yeah,
0: that? Yeah. Amazing. The jaw the, the, the like an was shark. like almost wide open and almost as high as the ceiling. Jeez. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, That's scary. 60 <laughs> yeah. feet, yeah. like 50 tons or something. Wow. Yeah. But That's things, amazing. Things are smaller these days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, So, so what I was going to ask is if you have, if you have birds evolving, if flight is evolving in right. all of these different, like this, this reptile or whatever it's like grabs onto things and then it mm. eventually has like these capes so i can grab onto them better and then right. hey what do you know you can fly these <laughs> things too and then but this one over here has these feather things for warmth and and right. then uh, hey what do you know you can fly mm-hmm. um and and these are two different pressures and processes yeah. that that stumbled on uh on flight uh is, is there a a big difference in in their brain and and how how it's organized
2: that's a good question um so i know that in terms of like how did flight evolve right so some some people say that feathers evolved just for a thermal like a temperature regulation thing Mm -hmm. and then later they got kind of co-opted for flight and then other people claim that feathers were specifically designed or not designed but evolved you Mm -hmm. know to support flight and that's an ongoing conversation you know like how that Uh, came about well
0: tell us who's gonna win oh i'll keep you in suspense <laughs> yeah. i don't know you, you uh, don't we have a we have you a you new phd in the room he <laughs> can figure it out yeah. you don't have a i mean you could record it right now and then when they figure it out 20 years from well, can now we you can we change be like, it if I, you yeah. can be like here's the evidence <laughs> I'm no gonna you know no, you
2: just don't tell anyone i'm right? gonna go with thermal. thermal i'm gonna go with thermal yeah it's, okay. it's pretty fundamental to be uh what they call ectothermic versus endothermic you can make your own body heat that's a huge advantage so mm. i think that helps too because you know like reptiles for instance they have to get their body heat from the environment, right? So if you look at alligators or something, um, when it's cold, like they're kind of in a stupor, like they can't move around, they can't really do a lot of stuff. They have to, you know, kind of lay in the sun and get warmed up and then, then they can go, you know, do their thing. So I favor the feather hypothesis. I, I've,
0: I've From what I read, I've, I would have favored it as well. Not that, yeah. not that I know anything about it, but it, <laughs> seemed, it seemed convincing to me. But I still, now I kind of hope you're wrong so that okay. like, 30 years from now someone right. just like is stumbling on this process <laughs> they just like the AIs will eventually like figure out like all of the different you just plug in everything that's ever been digitally yeah. recorded and they go like oh, okay here's the interesting person yeah. and then and then the AI will be like here's when you were wrong I just hope Damn you it. get some uh, some <laughs> some very um, sassy I could lose emails, my job over like this 30, people Come on now. 30 years from now. so before before I wrap up I try to have my guests each week plug a nonprofit of their choice. Did you have one in mind?
2: I do the World Wildlife Fund um, because the animals need help. Mm. You know, uh, every every little bit we can help. You know, the, the climate is uh, changing for some reason don't know what it is hmm. uh, there's some dispute about that among certain quarters but uh, yeah I don't in
0: my listeners okay well we, we know it's us and we
2: need to freaking cut it out um, yeah. but yeah so uh, world wildlife world wildlife fund has a lot of, a lot of different programs uh, lots of different kinds of animals um, to you know help them not only deal with climate change but just you know in, in poaching and encroachment on habitat and all kinds of stuff so that's my plug yeah. I mean, uh, the
0: one thing uh, I've always kind of thought uh, in terms of global warming, that the vultures are somewhat responsible, but, uh, <laughs> but that's just my own, you know, it's a theory, collect some data, you <laughs> not, know, this not is not how science moves vultures. forward. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that is a fantastic, worthy cause listeners can also go to the, here, we are website for a link to that, awesome. or you can just remember and type that in. However you choose to give is the correct way to do it. Steve, you got some stuff you want to plug?
3: uh yeah sure I'm, a, I'm gonna plug my instagram that's where i most put most of my stand-up clips and where i'm touring and uh that's Epi gillespie uh is the handle e-p-i gillespie gillespie's g-i-l-l-e-s-p-i-e got a new album coming out uh by the end of this year that'll be on spotify itunes pandora love it love awesome it. and you have the uh, what is it the liminal space liminal space tours <laughs> tour. going on if you go to my instagram you'll see all my tour dates i
2: post pretty regularly terrific Did you, you were serious about the liminal space thing that they was yeah. occupying your consciousness yeah oh.
0: yeah 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 I'm, I'm contributing um to a book about business lessons from hmm. the world of comedy oh, nice. and that's and then that was uh in there hmm. and i'm not going to define it for the listeners that don't know i'm just driving them completely insane right, right. now. Well, At least to that the would Google. be yes. my reaction. <laughs> so they're going to have to Google it. And just ever since that time, it's just like, <laughs> how have I never seen this word yeah. or noticed yeah. rather this word yeah. in my it's entire pretty, life? It's a pretty cool word. And now it's just everywhere.
3: I have one last question for our <sighs> PhD. No, it oh, just goes
2: on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have time? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Because uh, my
3: girlfriend likes to tell me things that aren't true. Like she claimed <gasps> that the McDonald's milkshakes were... Okay. Potato-based. I heard that before. It's not true. Yeah, and then she's also told me that it's
2: also crow, not true. It's actual food. But that's I mean, it's
0: not. It's not like she's like messing with you. Well, Cheerios like out. out. But uh,
3: <laughs> she claims that crows. If you right. feed crows, like in nature, you feed uh-huh. crows, that they will come back to where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not there and leave you little like prizes, they'll bring you like, you know, they'll find like a shiny thing and they'll pick it up and fly it over and put it by where you. I have not heard that, but I knew, I, that. I knew she was like.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do know crows can recognize people's faces. Yeah. They've done oh. experiments showing that. So they oh. can they can individuate human faces. Okay. And, cool. And it- so they 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 did an experiment where they had that mask, right? Yeah. And and one, one guy who wore the mask like harassed the crows and chased them around, and then the other one like fed them or was like neutral. And then like three, four years later. They did the same experiment, and when, once when the crows and even the crows' offspring saw the guy in the bad mask, like they mobbed him, like they attacked him. Really? So, yeah. So they're like, "Hey, is there that? There's that guy from a couple years ago." Yeah. Wow. It was pretty, it was pretty cool that they yeah. bothered the to remember. The offspring,
0: without seeing the parents ever, do that's that. how I understand it. Yeah, huh.
2: but, but maybe they were around and they at least learned that the parent didn't like that guy. Mm-hmm. It seems like some. I think that's it, otherwise, there to be
0: some odd epigenetic changes right, to right. be like, happening just by the way. If you ever see this mask.
2: guy around, watch out. He's a total huh. asshole. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like that might
3: be true then. Yeah, it could I be. Think, it could I be. I think that post could, that I think yeah. that could be
0: true. Possible. They're able to recognize people. Yeah. They're able to show some sort of favoring yeah. a person yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh as uh, Rihanna's Steve's girlfriend's my assistant by mm-hmm. the way, and so um we're going to So go, she may be speaking truth about yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about this. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to the bottom uh, of it. Oh, know. we will. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Did you have anything yeah. else you wanted to uh, add before we wrap up? Uh, I think no. I got it got... seems
2: like we solved everything. I think we figured think it pretty out. pretty close. We oh, got pretty okay. close. Or yeah. well, one other for thing. For, for warmth. Uh, you yeah. are Dr. Husband. Right. Correct. Yeah. How that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a pretty husband. Pretty Imagine my good. grade school experience, how much I had to deal with that name. Yeah. But it's worked out pretty I love it. I
0: like it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for.
2: Yeah, awesome. Me. It was great being on with you guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks. thanks, Steve, and thank you, listeners, for being such a wonderful, curious people. We'll talk with you next week.
3: A podcast network.